Hello, and welcome to the Little Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Mitchell. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Before we get into this week's episode, though, I wanted to um, go over a couple of, uh, I guess you could say, housekeeping items. Um, First of all, huge thank you to everybody who's been tuning in every week. It means the world to me. Um, I did receive a little bit of feedback about the episode length. Um, When I first started this podcast, I really wanted the episodes to be short and easily digestible, somewhere around 15 minutes. Um, But then as I was looking into things like monetizing the podcast, I found out that the episodes had to be a little bit longer. So I started to stretch them out a little bit. Um, But then I got feedback that the shorter episodes are definitely preferred. So what I figured is that going forward is that every solo episode where it's just me talking, I'm going to try to keep them right at about 15 minutes. So theoretically, you can get in your car, start an episode and finish it before you get back home. Um, However, I can't promise that for interviews because it's more than one person talking. So um, bear with me. Uh, I hope to keep those episodes probably within a half an hour, maybe a little bit shorter, but um, I definitely want to make sure that we don't miss out on any content from anybody that I'm interviewing. So um, thank you for your patience with me as I work out all of the kinks of this new project and uh, I'm going to find my way as we keep going in and as I keep going and releasing more episodes. But thank you again for listening and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, episode six the next right thing. In March of 2020, um, right before the pandemic broke out, I went to Arizona to visit family and celebrate my grandmother's 90th birthday. I left all of the family at home, so all six kids were at home with my husband, and it was just me traveling solo. I remember one evening my husband called me absolutely exasperated with how the kids were behaving. With six kids in our household, it's quite easy for things to get a little bit chaotic and somewhat out of control, so it didn't surprise me one bit. But he was honestly at his wit's end, and uh, I get it. I got it then, and I get it now. But he was he was struggling with how the kids were behaving, the choices they were making, um, struggling getting schoolwork done, getting them to all of their activities, and he was very um, just overwhelmed. And when he was complaining, I like I said, I absolutely sympathized. And while I was having this conversation with him, a very distinct phrase came to my mind, and it was, "Tell him." to do the next right thing. And I couldn't remember where I had heard that. And as I thought about it, I realized that it was the lyrics to a song. A few months before the movie Frozen 2 had come out. And um, at somewhat after the climax of the movie, um, Anna, Princess Anna, sings a song called Do the Next Right Thing. And in the movie... Hopefully this isn't a spoiler alert because it's been several years since the movie came out, but her older sister, Elsa, has essentially quote unquote died, Um, or at least Anna thinks so. 
And with that, she's also lost her best friend, Olaf. And she's stuck in a cave and she doesn't know what to do. She's grieving, she's lost, she's sad, she's overwhelmed. And she starts singing this beautiful song. This song is all about Anna realizing that she can make choices in her life to get herself out of the situation that she finds herself in. She begins the song curled up in a ball on the floor of a cave, not knowing what's going to happen next. And by the end of the song, she's picked herself up. She's started moving forward. She climbs a bunch of rocks to get closer to the top of the cave. She makes a very literal leap of faith across a huge chasm and eventually gets herself out of the cave and ready to face whatever is on the outside. So how does this apply to my husband? He was honestly trying to solve the big problem at hand, which was the kids going nuts, <laughs> just being over the top and crazy and chaotic. And I had to let him know that what he needed to do was break it down into small, manageable pieces and do the next right thing. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember exactly everything that was going on. I'm sure I just had to be something like, okay, tell them, turn off the television. That's the next right thing. Actually, he doesn't really let them watch TV, but you know, um, I think it was get them all in the kitchen and have them make their school lunches. Okay, once their lunches are made, have them all go get their pajamas on. Um, once they get their pajamas on, let's all get their teeth brushed. Something along those lines, where rather than solving the big giant problem at hand, we could solve the small little problems, the small little, the small little things by doing the next right thing. And all of those things getting done would eventually solve the big problem at hand. And I have actually used this phrase, do the next right thing. I think I probably use it at least one time a day with my kids or with myself or my husband, maybe even more, maybe even more than once. Um, I've used it. My, my eight-year-old has a really hard time getting ready for school in the morning. She just doesn't want to get up and I don't blame her. So a lot of times I just say, hey, sweetheart, let's do the next right thing. You're out of bed. So let's go in and get your school uniform on. Okay, you've got your uniform on. Let's get your shoes and socks on. Okay, that's done. Next right thing, go brush your teeth. Okay, next right thing, get your backpack, whatever it is. And she's even gotten to the point where she'll finish her step and she'll say, okay, mom, what's the next right thing? And it makes it so much easier because she's not overwhelmed by all of the things that need to happen where she can just focus on that one little bit. Additionally, I've used it for my youngest son. He complains about going to speech therapy every single week. Um, and so I finally just said, okay, hey, buddy, we're just going to do the next right thing. We're going to go get in the car. We get in the car, we pull out of the driveway, and he'll say, mom, are we going to speech therapy? And I say, right now, we're just doing the next right thing, which is getting on the freeway. Then we get on the freeway and we're driving south and mom, are we going to speech therapy? Well, right now we're just doing the next right thing. We're getting off the freeway. It might be a little manipulative. I'll admit that. But it gets us to speech therapy every single week and with minimal fighting. Um, the other um, time when this really has come in handy for me and for our family is in times of mild instances of depression and anxiety. Now, I want to make it very clear. 
that I'm saying mild depression. I understand that with serious mental health issues, doing the next right thing is not always an option. So please, I want to make sure that that's very clear, that sometimes there is no next right thing. And um, that's, that's a hard place to live in. But when we're in instances of mild anxiety or mild depression, doing the next right thing could make a huge difference in your day. Um, if you don't want to, I don't know, you don't want to get up and shower, maybe the next right thing is just getting out of bed. Um, and then after that, maybe the next right thing is brushing your teeth. And then maybe the next right thing after that is even turning on the water and making sure that you have all of your soap and shampoo or whatnot. Um, this year, in fact, has been a difficult year for my husband. He's had some really kind of crazy things that have happened at work. He's had um, some, so a little bit of health issues, which nothing, nothing drastic, nothing hard or really, really scary, just the product of getting a little bit older. <laughs> um, and then he has a very demanding church calling as well. And he's had instances where he's he's really struggled with being anxious and um the way that I've been able to help him and really help him kind of hone in on what he needs to do to help with these issues is to just do the next right thing he may not he has no control over decisions that can happen with some of his uh work contracts and things like that but maybe the next right thing is him sitting down and writing an important email and just getting that off of his plate. Um, and maybe the next right thing is sitting down and having maybe a difficult conversation with an employee, but then he moves it off of his plate. Um, and there's been times, again, where he's come to me and said, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Um, what's the next right thing? So there are definitely some spiritual elements that I want to tap into with this idea of doing the next right thing. I was thinking about different stories in the scriptures about different characters, different people in the Bible, the book of Mormon, um, all the books of scripture of people doing the next right thing. And honestly, I could probably do several episodes just talking about scripture, scripture characters who have tapped into that idea of doing the next right thing. Um, I was talking with my husband and we were talking about Moses and David and Esther and Mary and Martha and all of these different people. And I was like, I, I've got to focus on one. And so the one that came to mind is found in the New Testament in the book of Mark, um, chapter two, um, essentially verses one through 12, but focusing on the first half of that, it's a story of four people, four, four friends, essentially bringing um, their friend who had palsy to be healed by Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was preaching in a home and a huge crowd had gathered um, as was usual. There was always, it seems like there was always a crowd by Jesus Christ. And can you blame them? <laughs> no. Um, but these four friends found out that he was there in town in, um, oh, dang, where was it? Capernaum. Um, they found out that he was 
preaching there. So they picked up their friend in his bed and they brought him to the house where the Savior was teaching. And they noticed that there was a huge crowd and there was no way they were going to get through. So what they did was create a hole in the thatched roof and then they lowered their friend down into the house where Jesus was able to heal him and he could take up his bed and walk. And to me, I see a series of people doing the next right thing. First, you have all of these friends who just wanted something good for their for their other friend. They wanted him to be healed. So they picked him up by his bed and they took him to the house where they thought he was going to be. They saw he couldn't get in there. So they looked for other options and they did the next right thing, which was go to the roof. And then they did the next right thing, which was create the hole in the roof. And then they did the next right thing and they lowered him in where they were, where he was able to be healed by the savior. So why can it be so difficult sometimes to do the next right thing? I have found in my life that sometimes I get too overwhelmed and it's too difficult for me to do the next right thing, even though I know that that's going to be what's going to help me the most. And I think it's because a lot of times once we do that next right thing, we don't know what the next step looks like. We don't know what comes after that next right thing. Sometimes we are literally taking every step with a huge amount of faith, hoping that that first step, that next right thing is going to work out so that we can then do the next right thing. But there's a really amazing quote that I found from, um, it was originally by Harold B. Lee, who was a prophet for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it was quoted by Boyd K. Packer, who was an apostle um, for the church in 1990. And it said, you must learn to walk to the edge of the light and then a few steps into the darkness then the light will appear and show the way before you. Every step that we take, everything that we do is going to be a literal step of faith before we can even take the leap. So as you go throughout your your day, uh, your week, your month, especially as we get into the busiest time of year, when you find yourself overwhelmed, when you find yourself struggling, do the next right thing. And if you don't know what that is, I promise that if you get on your knees and pray, Heavenly Father will tell you the next right thing because he's the one who's going to light your path the whole way. So please, please don't succumb to being overwhelmed and then shut down. Do your best to break things down. Find the next right thing and continue moving forward. Break it down to this next breath, this next